When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In action is the Tall Blacks. Uh, they had a massive win over the Saudis uh, the other day in World Cup qualifying. Joining us to talk about that is basketball scribe from stuff.co.nz, Mark Hinton. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, good afternoon, Rick. I'm very well, thank you. A lot of sport on at the moment, and it's all it's all great to consume, isn't it? I'm still marvelling over Mark Tillier's performance for the Blues last night. Incredible individual effort. Mate, what a way to make an early statement for a fringe All Black. Yeah, mate, how good. I mean, that, that, that game was insane. There was, a, there was a period in the first half uh, where my partner, who was in the room but not really watching, um, turned around and said to me, is this highlights? Because there were so many tries. Yeah, look, I, Rick, I mean, I know we're here to talk about basketball, but uh, I have to say that you know, the the intent of these new, I guess, law, whatever, they're not laws, are they? They're kind of uh, uh, variations or whatever you call them. The intent is to speed up the game. Man, it has worked. That first round of Super Rugby was highly, highly entertaining. And the rugby really did flow from, you know, and not just not just that game. I mean, I covered Moana Pacifica, uh, Fijian and Drua earlier and watched the Hurricanes late last night. I mean, they, they were all excellent games of rugby where the, where the ball moved around. And it was in, it's, I don't know the statistical analysis, but it, the ball just seemed to be in play so much more and the faster pace, the intent was better. Just everything seemed better across the board for round, for a round one especially. Yeah, exactly, mate. Uh, I, I, they just need to come up with a, uh, you know what I'd really like to see is, uh, we'll get to the basketball shortly, but as a rule that, you know, yeah. that when one of the front rowers goes down with a tight calf to try and, you know, get a breath back, that they just roll a front row replacement on. He can get his treatment and we'll just yeah. carry on with the game. That would be great. Yeah, exactly. It's still a work in progress to become a perfect game. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. Uh, well, let's let's talk uh, uh, basketball then, mate. And the and the Tall Blacks. Uh, it was pretty uh, commanding performance against the Saudis, particularly without so many of the big guns for the Tall Blacks. Uh, it feels like depth basketball depth in New Zealand at the moment at that level is is absolutely massive. Yeah, um, yeah it, was an, it was a pretty easy one and an expected one. Saudi Arabia, not exactly a powerhouse of the hoops world. And so, you know, even a third or fourth string uh, Tall Blacks team, which this probably was, certainly, you know, certainly around maybe a third string team, um, still should be good enough to take care of business and wear it comfortably. I mean, uh, 110-63, that's what, 47 points. And um, and some amazing shooting stats, uh, Rick, uh, Ethan Rusbatch, um, I think, what did he shoot? Um, uh, eight of 11 from the field and five of seven from three. You know, Sam Wardenberg makes seven to 12 shots on the Tall Blacks debut. I mean, there's a lot to like about that. You are right. The depth in New Zealand basketball at the moment is extraordinary. Um, I was talking to Tall Blacks coach Piero Cameron about this. And, you know, look, he Piero was part of the golden era of New Zealand basketball, that early 2000s team with Sean Marks and him. Um, Phil Jones, Kirk Penny, Mark Dickel, all those guys, incredible, um, the best Tall Blacks team, bar none, absolutely without doubt, and, you know, a golden era that just came to fruition at, at that 2002 tournament where they got fourth at the World Champs. 
But I, I don't know if I've seen New Zealand bar, and I've been covering it for a long time, 30, 30 odd years now. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, New Zealand basketball with as much depth at the top end of the men's game as it has now. I mean, Piero really does have five or six players in every position to choose from, and his squad that he eventually selects uh, for the World uh, Cup later in the year and, and that's being held in the Philippines, in Indonesia and Japan. He, he really has some big, big calls to make because he's had a lot of people that have filled in in these, these windows that crop up now um, where other people have been unavailable. People have really stood up and showed they can perform in the in the um, international arena. So um, when you consider all the, all the people he's got here, he's got Yanni Wetzel, Flint Delaney and... Um, Europe up doing very good things up there. The Webster brothers obviously coming off pretty pretty good seasons for the Perth Wildcats, and then he's got uh, Isaac Foto obviously in Japan, and and a bunch of kids um, playing high level college basketball in the US. There is a lot to choose from, so maybe he doesn't quite have that golden age team that he was part of, you know, that could really shake things up at the World Cup. But he has a lot of depth, and he has a you know whoever he picks, Rick, will go out and perform in that tall black way, which we all know is, is to play hard, to play together and to and to really be better than the sum of their parts. Why do you think the depth is so good? I mean, I know that of late, you know, the things that Justin Nelson, for example, did with our um, sales NBL has certainly probably helped um, guys bridge the the, the college, uh, you know, the school basketball to to that next level in between there and the and the Aussie NBL. But I mean, those kids have got to be there to make that transition. So, is this on Basketball New Zealand and programs they have in place? I think it's 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 a variety of things. I don't think we can probably point one finger and say that, you know, that's made New Zealand basketball deeper. Uh, undoubtedly, New, uh, Basketball New Zealand's uh, programs uh, are producing talent because the amount of kids that go um, off to, to uh, scholarships in the US now is extraordinary. You know, there's, there's uh, I think there's over 20 um, girls, New Zealand, young New Zealand women playing up in the NCAA um, competitions and there's um, close to that in men as well. So, there's a rig every year. There's a you know uh, between five and ten players going off to each year to play high-level college hoops. So um, that's helping. I think the uh, standard of the New Zealand NBL, um, you know, the work done by Justin Nelson, Hugh Bain, and and so forth, um, to lift that competition and to really make that a, a, a sort of a um, a little engine that could. It's never going to be the Australian NBL, the New Zealand NBL, and it, and the the key thing about that is it needs to understand that. Justin Nelson got that, and he's made it into this this great little boutique league almost. It doesn't go for a long time, and it, and it runs pretty much in the off-seasons to most of the major leagues. But it's a great little league, and uh, um, so I think that's helping. And yeah, and I think and I think you know you have to tip your hat to basketball New Zealand. They don't always get it right, but they're they're producing um, talent in this country. You know the the explosive young talent that's coming through, incredible. So all those things add up to. Give Piero Cameron a lot of players to choose from when it comes to um, when it comes to picking his national team. When everyone is available now, look, that's the big unanswered question, Rick. Will he have a absolute full strength Tall Blacks team to take to that World Cup later in the year? I think it's um, um, uh, August, the end of August into September. Um, that's the big question because, as he knows, the professional leagues, um, I guess circumstances, injuries, all these sort of things add up, and yet. He doesn't always get to pick his best players. He's hoping like heck he can pick every single player, and I'd say every single player available. 
I mean, we know the NBA is a law unto themselves because it is the best competition around. But what about the big European leagues and, and, and things like that? I mean, did they time their league seasons to avoid the World Cup? Yes, yeah. The World Cup falls in the in the, essentially the off-season of Europe and the NBA, which pretty much allows everyone to play um, at it. So it's it's sort of in that August, you know, the NBA finishes in July, the, the big leagues in Europe finish up around end of May, start of June sort of thing. Um, so yeah, this is the off season. They clear the decks for it. Everyone uh, will be. So it, it, it's kind of a bizarre situation because through the qualifying process, of course, countries haven't been able to call on NBA talent. The NBA league doesn't release players for international duty. Um, but if you've been able to get to the league and you know qualifying out of Europe, like it is in football, isn't easy. You know, it's the strength and depth in Europe, and you actually have to play well to get even to get to these big global tournaments. So um, if you've been able to get there, you will be at full strength come later in the year. Look, everyone wants to know, will Stephen Adams finally play for the Tallbacks? And we, we can't answer that question. Um, only Stephen knows that. He's injured at the moment, and Memphis Grizzlies are desperate to get him back. They're, they're, they're uh, stuck in a losing streak. They miss him uh, greatly, and they need to get him back on the court. My understanding, Piero Cameron, you know, he, he didn't have a lot to say on this. He said, we, you know, we're communicating. Um, but my understanding is that that communication has been as strong as it's ever been. And, and there is actually a ray of hope that Stephen could make himself available, but this knee injury complicates matters, and um, at the moment it's, it remains, as it has been pretty much all his career, a wait-and-see type scenario. Well, I can tell you something uh, on the Grizzlies, this, uh, that that uh, loss streak is ending, uh, because with a minute left in the third, they are up 91-60 against the Nuggets. Yeah, that's a good win, but it's, it's long overdue. They haven't been firing, uh, um, and they do miss Stephen. Not not because of what he does points wise, or even even his rebounding. I mean, it's amazing his offensive rebounding is incredible at the historical numbers he's putting up. But just his presence and just the way everything flows around him, uh, they've really missed him. But that, that that's a great performance today. But they need to get back on a run, and I think um, his return from injury, which is imminent, I believe, um, I think that will probably be a, just the spur they need to get on a run at the business end of the year because, of course, the NBA is all about the form you're in when it really matters, playoff time. Yeah, it is indeed. I can tell you, Ja Morant, who's also been out for a while, is back in this game. He scored 23 points and got seven rebounds so far. Uh, we're not done with our World Cup qualifying, even though it, you know we're pretty much, well, we are there. Uh, it's just about where we finish. And that gets decided on Monday in Wellington when we take on uh, Lebanon. I think we lost to Lebanon last time we played them over there. What chance uh, do you give this Tall Blacks team to top their group uh, by beating Lebanon on Monday? Yeah, look, I'm not sure what's at stake because, as you say, the Tall Blacks have already qualified. But if they do win this, they will top their group um, and it potentially gives them a kind of a slightly better seeding. But I've never been convinced. The figure is a bit like some of these other world organisations, like World Rugby, doing the uh, draws for World Cups three years out. Um, think that not that silly. They're doing the draw in April for this uh, tournament. But um, um, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not convinced that necessarily winning the group will give you some sort of uh, uh, amazing seeding or any real advantage because previously the Tall Blacks have won won their group out of Asia and got a terrible draw. So um, we'll wait and see what ends up. But this is this is to decide the winner of the group. Lebanon beat them up there. They're a solid team. Um, you know, big bodies, uh, experienced kind of grizzled internationals. So a good test for these Tall Blacks of Perry Cameron, who you know who. Who would have got a bit lot of confidence on that big score against Saudi Arabia? So um, 
I would put uh, New Zealand to win at home. Uh, Lebanon just lost to the Philippines up there in a close one. Um, so I'm not sure if they're at like, super full strength, but I would think this New Zealand team, um, a solid group with Sam Wardenberg playing for the first time and, as I said, impressed in that, um, in the, in the, in that uh, win uh, on Friday night um, with 17 points and eight rebounds with uh, Terrell Harrison, big seven-footer out of the Brisbane Bullets, you know, guys like Toy Smith-Milner, Jordan Nachai, Ruben Tarangi. You know, there's plenty of experience there. Ethan Rusbatch with that hot hand to his 21 points the other night. So there's plenty of experience there, guys that have played a lot of international basketball. So I would expect the Toolbacks to finish qualifying with a win in front of their home fans in Wellington, and it'll be just how impressively they get their job done, Rick. Uh, Piero will want them to sign off in style. He'll want them to... Um, to I guess make the most of a of you know a rare kind of or not rare but um, they don't have that many home games these days so it's great to, to, to for them to finish qualifying at home so he'll want a good big performance from his team and I expect them to deliver maybe 10, 10 to fifteen point one okay all right we'll uh, look forward to that on uh, Monday night are you, are you going to be in Wellington for it no no sadly I won't be but I will be watching. Um, yeah, there's uh, no, no other sports to take eyeballs off on Monday night. Um, so I'll be watching uh, um, on the stream. Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, and a question for you, because, uh, you know, we've had the uh, the finals playoffs of the NBL started a while ago, and <laughs> both the Kings and the Breakers qualified for the final, it feels like, about a week ago. Uh, but we don't have game one until Friday. Why is there such a big break? Uh, this, this very fever... Um, window that we're that we're talking about now both New Zealand and Australia are, pl- are playing in it Australia's got a couple of games themselves over there um, I think their second ones today and as you say New Zealand's on Monday so um, the NBL sort of scheduled this and look it was crazy it really was um, for two reasons um, there's no reason why they couldn't have just gone ahead and got these finals underway um, I don't you know I think they could have coexisted the the, the games the international games they could have put put the uh, the NBL finals on around them. There's plenty of days in the calendar. Um, and neither the Sydney Kings nor the Breakers released any players to play in this window. So I think it was a kind of a, one of those things, the window was there. Uh, someone at the head office decided at the start of the year to say, well, look, we'll, um, we'll hold off and, st- and start our finals basically when um, after this window, when, the, when we've got a clear runway. So you kind of get their thinking, but it's created this awful pregnant pause Whereas we had last Sunday both the Breakers and the Kings winning their third game of the semi-finals to qualify for a final that wasn't going to start until 12 days' time. I guess the one thing, Rick, is neither neither side has any excuse for not being prepared, not being kind of fit and healthy and over their little niggles, and not being uh, and not being sort of um, uh, fired up, let's say, because um, they've had plenty of time to stew on this matchup, haven't they? They have indeed, mate. They have indeed. All right, good stuff, Mark. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Appreciate your time on a Sunday, Arvo. Go well, and we'll catch up soon, eh? Yeah, no problems at all. Game one of that series is next Friday night in Sydney, so Kiwis get ready for that, and the break is back at home on the following Sunday for game two. Yeah, bang, get your tickets for that now. That is going to be absolutely cooking at Spark Arena.